What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. And I'm your host, Puke Rainbow, and today's episode will be speaking to the team behind Desk Art. So let's just start a little bit about your background and how you transitioned or came to form the team. All right. So my background is in real estate and commodities. Uh, basically thought about deserts um, just over a year ago today. And uh, the first person I spoke about it was Seiko. And uh, he loved the idea and we decided to go get funding, uh, find the perfect team uh, to kickstart it all. And by that perfect team, the first person that also came up that I spoke to uh, personally in Washington uh, about the, our plans and everything, and he was fully on board as well, was Zayed. And uh, that's the core team, essentially. Uh, I see Nino in the audience uh, without him and... Narita, uh, everything we're doing would not be possible. So appreciate you guys. And uh, that's essentially how Desert like, started. Um, Zayed, could you explain your background? And essentially, obviously, if your Wi-Fi is good and you're listening to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, you know that, that happens. But I mean, all I can say is I've known Patrick now for four years. Um, mostly around the D.C. area. Um, we do share a similar background going back to Dubai. But uh, I also met Seika through Patrick, which is, uh, I think, uh, has been a great experience working with the team. But more about my background, I come from, I, I used to live in Dubai, I used to work in Dubai. Then I moved to North Africa, Tunisia, to start an ed tech company, right, that provides content to underrepresented in order to kind of gain access to higher educational opportunities. We then, we, then, we then reached several markets, including Kenya, Algeria, Libya. So we mostly focus on underrepresented communities. And uh, over time, I grew a very big interest to Web3, especially with its intersection in education, the potential that they could have. And I, I talked to Patrick about that like a year ago. And then that's why I think um, when we had the discussion about Web3, I was like, this project is amazing. And let's, let's make sure that we implement it. We make it as strong as possible, build the strongest community out there. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Seiko, your turn. Thanks, Zayed, for the intro. Um, my turn? Yep. So, um, I'm Seiko, guys. So, so, my background is a little bit interesting, but... As I mentioned, I came from mostly like Japan, China, Switzerland, US, where I met Patrick. Now I'm currently working in real estate in Singapore. So my professional background is um, I did some consulting experience in BCG for the free two years. Um, I did real estate, uh, currently doing uh, real estate, um, mainly brokerage, like selling, buying real estate. That's what I mainly do right now. Uh, before that, you know, um, only on consulting, I did a lot of finance jobs as well. And then also with Patrick, you know, we trade labor commodities involving different real estates. Also, in other way, other side of it, which why I really attracted Web3 market is like I personally love to, you know, um, 
spread what I have and you know make people happy together. Now there's just like um, you know Web3 is an amazing place where people you know you don't care about the identity, you don't care about how you look, you don't care about race. It's somewhere you know people come together, just can truly be themselves. I love the space a lot. In back in uh, when I was in Japan, I I used to host like you know for like 23 years old to like 35 years old called WineNet. Like what we do is bring people in, the professionals from finance industries, like uh, from like entertainment industry, consulting industry, like different kind of people in, provide the opportunity, people can meet together. They don't necessarily have to do business in the future, but it's just sort of like different connection, like uh, exit your current industry and meet people from other industries, stuff like that, which Web3 is extremely good because, you know, people, they don't have to be, you know, physical location, people just can meet uh, on the, you know, uh, online, you know, share their thoughts, uniqueness, and people can get around together and, um, you know, share the same joy. Yeah, definitely. Because one thing, you just look at this, this whole thing is like, you know, I'm from Malaysia, um, you're from Singapore, and you're from uh, US, but no matter where you are, we are, we are able to just connect together in one platform, right? Correct. Yes, that's the most attracting part where I personally feel it is. And then when Patrick told to me this, right? So one thing we have is called Project Pegasus, which is sort of way like you know, uh, a multi-billion-dollar uh, um, company we can call Unicorn. But I don't that right. Web3 is an amazing space. We call, we consider that as wind, so we call it like Project Pegasus, which we will dive uh, into it later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure thing. So right now, let's just talk about you know what was the inspiration behind you guys creating the project. So I can start talking about that, right? So when we first and uh, when first Patrick told me about Web3, um, I, I find it like quite interesting concept. And then, you know, it, it's a very good place because myself being traveling around, like all our teammates are being around a different world. There's always some culture differences, culture barriers, you know, um, people have a hard time to reach to others due to some reasons or not even only meeting people, right? In business sense, in law of sense, like people have a difficulty, even though they, they might be good at one stuff, but they might not, for instance, I'm, I'm a good artist, but I might not know how to run a business, right? This is completely different concepts. So one of the inspiration of this is we're thinking like, you know, looking around us, right? There's amazing people, especially Japan, because I was born in Japan and I really have a huge tie with Japan. You know, I just feel it's so, it's so, it's so sad. Like people, they're so unique, but just sort of like certain barriers are blocking them to become more successful. That's one of the uh, pure intention, like, you know, we, the Project Pegasus, which, you know, we try to help people out, minimize their risk and help them to, you know, uh, grow. Patrick, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, to add on that, um, so everything we do with DesArts, everything we're aspiring to do and currently doing is built for the community. So the community is always first, and I'm sure every project has done, but we actually show it through our actions, you know what I mean? So essentially... We don't make money from deserts. That's number one. We don't make. Uh, sorry, uh, the mic. <laughs> so we don't make money from deserts. <laughs> no, um, yep. Whatsoever. Uh, we're obviously we're just gonna try to get the initial investment bank, but uh, back, but that's it. Apart from that, everything going is going towards what we're going to build, which we'll get to into in a second. And for phase two, we're actually bringing in our buffers um, to come forward and start bridging the VC from like the Web 2 to Web 3 to invest into our community members' ideas as well. So we'll get into it when we start speaking about our utility, of course. 
Yeah. yeah. So one thing that I I realized is that you know um, one thing that struck me is that you guys talked about you know you want to uh, try to solve the struggles uh, in the Web three world. So what is the main struggles that you guys see that inspired you to like okay you know what I'm gonna start a Web three brand I'm gonna start doing this I'm gonna create a brand and then giving out to the community like what was the moment in your life that you suddenly decided that you want to create this project? So at first I have a few friends a few people I know that led their own NFT projects and. Uh, that was, keep in mind, during the bull market, that was back in uh, November, December, January. And I saw how much funding it required to like pump out a good NFT project back then. And I'm talking mid uh, six figures. And uh, I saw that. I was like, okay, so how does someone like, go about it if he does not have access to that kind of funding? And how many people around the world have access to that kind of funding? Uh, even if you go to an actual institution for funding, like a VC or whatever, it's now becoming extremely, extremely competitive to get VC backing. I mean, one of their first requirements is to have 50 employees on the payroll and an initial viable product. And how do you do that without original funding? You know what I mean? It's just a vicious cycle and that already exists in the Web2 world. And it's even more prevalent in the Web3 world. Because it's not only now about getting funding, it's also about the know-how. Where do you find excellent artists? Where do you find excellent devs? Can you trust those devs for the smart contracts? Can you trust that? Can you, you know, it's all about know-how and funding nowadays. And we're trying to bridge. Yeah, that I, I think I, I, I think one, one thing that I can talk about is uh, I totally get where, where you're coming from because uh, back in the back I think last year I launched my own project right so it's like probably just a thousand six uh, mint and then the, the main thing or the first thing that I that is so expensive is that you know that when you want to find a dev for example um, you're not sure whether will they fucked up your minting process or not, right? And then exactly. the next thing is they, they come in, they be like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to take 20, 30% of your min price. But if you yeah. don't do that or you don't find the next people that can offer you better, then you can't launch your project. So you are like in this, in this middle situation whereby do you launch your project? You already have, you know, the communities, people is ready to mint, the market is good. Um, you got a decent size of like following. But if you launch it, you know, back in your head that, you know, the devs, they just write the smart contract and then they straight away strong arm you for like 30%. So I, I think that was, that is one thing when, even when, before we start this, I said that, you know, I totally love your vision is that, you know, if you guys come in like early back in the space, like previously, then definitely solve all my problem and people get the value out of it. So it's, I, I, can, I can foresee that this is something that is very important because when you're new to the space, you don't have time to like, you know, spend 10 hours a day talking to people, uh, building the network. But if you have a project that is actively doing it for you, then it solves all your headache, bro. Yeah, yeah I appreciate yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I completely I, agree. We got yeah, burnt by some right. devs at first, essentially, exactly. as well. Yeah. yeah, it was a terrible experience and we lost a lot of money on that and on marketers as well and I mean, uh, uh, people know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been burnt multiple, a multitude of times. And uh, so we really know what the issues are right now in the Web3 space because we've lived through all of them and some of them that no one should live through, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, yeah, so 
we saw all of that and essentially and our goal was to just bridge all those gaps and just make it easier better um just it's all about know-how and also bridging the funding thing so that's that's yeah. the main plan and yeah. adding, adding on what Patrick's saying, right? So I think it's not only existing Web3, right? I mean, Web3 is a like, new market, so everyone is struggle. You know, we had a struggle. We're not going to hide, you know? Everyone struggle and they grow. And the other aspect which I find extremely attracting is that, you know, in Web2, our personal connection, you know, some really famous artists, they, he did, like, um, like collab. He did design with, like, big biggest brand you probably know, like, like Elmis, Dior, like, I'm not going to specifically mention which one, but those kind of level like design he's very famous he has a lot of fans he would want to launch an nft project but he doesn't know how to you know because he has the best art he have his fan but he just don't know how to grow in web3 right he wants to go to web3 he wants to share his art in nfts right um some people just don't know how to manage community and there's a culture barrier so there there's you know um you have to know the the, the market barriers there so you know what we saw is like first of all people are struggling people got got, got hurt because some you know like stupid people in the stupid space trying to hurt another one but also in the real world when people want to enter this market just lack of knowledge to do how to do it so i think we can be there to help them out yeah, yeah. i think i mean yeah go ahead I, to, to add to that i mean as young entrepreneurs we kind of went through all the struggle struggles regarding that we've also went through incubators we've all worked our own businesses and we wanted to kind of build a strong community that supports each other through every step of the way. And uh, like I mentioned, we've noticed the flaws in incubators and how I would say some mentors have lacked some oversight over companies or ideas. And we want to make sure that by having a large amount of people supporting, constantly supporting each other, constantly trying to offer their help, it could mitigate a lot of the issues that do happen with with mid-level startups or startups with lack of funding. So at the end of the day, this does mitigate and this will help a lot of communities, I think. Yeah, it's always, you know, like you've, you've faced the problem yourself and then when you finally figure out the solution, you'll be thinking like, if I face it, I'm, I'm like, I'm early in the space right now and I face it, how will other, or, you know, other people right now that they're coming in, they probably face it themselves. And you guys, I think it, it started with just this kind of stuff. And then you already have the experience in going through the whole the whole process. So now you are kind of like wanting to make it easy for people. And I think definitely people can see. I see some of some of the listeners here wrapping uh, your, your, your NFT. So definitely you have a strong uh, following as well. So the next question is, I see this... Uh, phrase that you guys are using is called the metropolitan society so what, what is it all about and how do you come about with the name <laughs> it's just a word play on metropolitan uh people from all over the place all over the world just into one community it's like a metropolitan society like with a metaverse on it you know what i mean it's just a word <laughs> <play> on metropolitan. <laughs> so yeah so are you guys also looking towards uh, entering like the metaverse space um, anything is possible. Uh, it's all going to depend on what our community wants because they're the ones who are going to be building everything we're going to do, essentially, or at least voting yeah. on our ideas. On their yeah. ideas. So, now, so now you are kind of more focused in terms of onboarding uh, your holders, your members, and then get empowering them to, for example, launch their own project, guiding them, becoming like a launch pad for them, right? 
So, yes and no. So there's two things. One, yes, we will be acting as a launchpad for our holders' own individual projects. But then again, that's not the extent of it because even before we do that, we're going to separate all of our holders into four different groups. And on the social media application that uh, that is practically done now, the beta version at least, uh, will allow our holders to submit ideas for those four projects and our holders also to vote on them. And then those four groups will send obviously leadership positions to those four groups. And uh, with uh, after they, they, like the holders vote on the trajectory of those ventures, how the art looks like, what the utility is, um, mint price, how will the marketing be run and all that stuff. We're basically, they're going to do those four projects through, we're not going to call it a DAO system because there will be a leadership position, but it will essentially be a very democratic system. And that will just four groups, all of our holders divide into those four groups. They all build four different projects. Revenue, our profits go back to yeah. our holders. That's phase one. Wow. I, I think, I think this is uh, something that the space kind of need right now because I see mm-hmm. that there are like tons of tons of launchpad, right? But the the problem that I see with launchpads is they they kind of like they they don't really advise in terms of like you know the utility, uh, the artwork, the lore of everything. They they'll be like, all right, so you want to launch a project, you need uh what what assistant you need? You need collapse, uh, you need. Um, for example, art designing, you need smart contract. Okay, here's the invoice. You pay me, I, I launch for you. Right? So, that's so often when we see that, then you know they face problem because you are kind of not guiding them with your experience. But I think with your model, it's kind of like, I would, I would think of it like an internship whereby you are able to learn, be part of it, and also being guided by somebody who has already launched it all. Exactly. Am I correct? Exactly. So the launch pods you described, essentially they do somehow, somewhat resolve the know-how part because they're going to introduce the holders to collab managers and advisors and stuff like that. But they don't really guide, which is an issue in the know-how. But then the other part is that what they don't resolve is funding because they're, they're not funding you. You know, they're just introducing you to people and getting commissions or something from it. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. for us, we're going to be funding those four projects as well. Okay. And in terms of four projects, is it like um, you, you guys already have confirmed it will be four? Or it also depends on how many members you have? Do you have like a so, certain benchmark on each project? How yeah. many people do you want in? Yeah, so it's going to be 25% so, of, our, yeah. of each mint. Like we're going to, we have, we have a 8,888 supply each 25% of minters or new holders will be put in one group, which means four different so, groups at the so, end of the so, day. So to briefly explain, right? So we have a platform done where people can um, launch their, uh, um, submit their ideas, right? We're going to have categorized, you know, it's, either it's art or like, you know, a game or like, you know, we, everything will be done, will be revealed very shortly. So when, once people uh, mint, uh, uh, mint, right? When we got 25%, we're going to launch the first project. A second uh, next 25 percent a second project and how people gonna decide what kind of project we're gonna launch is depends so when people mint when they have a desired nft the platform can recognize if your wallet has desired nft or not if you have a desired nft you can vote for the ideas you want to go for it 
And once everything, let's 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 say um, let's say the first fifty percent, we pick top two project that people like, and then we allow people to choose if the four project. If with me out, we got four project. We let people to choose what project they want to follow, and then we're gonna break down with the group and then uh, launch the projects. Yeah, I I I think one thing uh, that I'm looking about, like you know, this this few days. As I as I look at projects, right, is this is this term called like interactive NFT? Like you know, from from last year we can see like the Mesa, for example, if it's just PFP and then it moved to like PFP with utility, and then it moves to like Freemin and then Freemin utility. But the next thing that I'm looking at is like you know, when you holding, for example, holding an NFT, what can you actually do with it? So for example, I think one really successful project we talk about like potatoes, right? So it's it's interactive in a way that you know once uh you you get it you can stake it and then you can see the potato grow or you know another project that i talk about is like you have the nft and then you can dictate every week you can dictate where the law goes about you like you can choose like option one or option two and then see what's next so i think that you guys also have kind some sort of interactive as in you know once i mean the project i'm a holder i can dictate even though maybe i don't want to launch a project I just want to be a spectator, right? But I'm able to also dictate, see which project I like, follow along. And, you know, that constant... I, I think one thing that projects need these days is like that constant update. Like, you know, you don't have to update every single day. But because there's like tons of projects and if your project is ongoing with, you know, every week there's like updates, people will follow along much more closer. And this makes, you know, holders to stay in that particular project. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's very well said. One thing I, I want to say is, most, is mostly in regards to how we want the holders to kind of embark on a, on a little journey with us, right? So we're, we're all in this together. We're all working through the platform. We're just trying to build the infrastructure where we can see people learn and interact through the NFT that they hold, right? So it's, it's something that we want to be beneficial throughout the entire community. And I think that there's a lot that can be done and that there's a lot that we're going to see because, again, if you open the doors to a lot of individuals who just learn about NFTs, and like you mentioned, they moved from PFPs to utility, and now it's, it's ever-changing, right? And it will continually change. But in my opinion, going purchasing an NFT and going through the stages of learning how to build your project, what are the little intricacies that come into building a project, I think that that's invaluable for a lot of people. Right. So yeah. That's uh, the, like like they say, you know, the easiest way to learn an NFT or learn how how the space works is you being a team. Like for example, when I I came into the space, the first thing I want to learn about NFT, I become a mod for a project and I learn how to do community building, how to you know handle tickets, how to do collabs and stuff like that. Right. So the easiest way that you you know you get your is actually just being hands on and. With you guys, I think every every holder, if they have the opportunity or have the time, they can actually be hands on and participate in the project. Exactly. And essentially, we have everything in house. So the devs are in house. We have twenty three devs through our partnership with uh, OK Studios. Um, we also have artists, designers, excellent ones too. To uh, well, it depends. I really like our art, which is why I call them excellent, but it's subjective. 
So, so, <laughs> so yeah. But but talk, talking about your art, bro, it's three D. It's complicated and uh expensive in in terms of doing the art, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what makes you what makes you uh plan to do like you know launch a three D three D project? We're changing the narrative in regards to three D projects. That's that's where it came from. Uh, we love three D art. I think everyone loves three D art. It looks great. But at the same time, the issue in the NFT space and the Web3 space is that from from around January to around March, maybe 3D art was kind of the meta. Yeah. And a lot of those projects were rock pulls, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And uh, we all know which projects, multiple projects I'm talking about. And uh, we were like, why would we limit ourselves to 2D art where we have the resources to make beautiful 3D art and art that people would appreciate without being a rock pull, all right? Let's change the narrative around that. Let's do a 3D project and one that actually people would look forward to post Mint as well for once. Yeah, I I think it's, you know, when when you have 3D project, like what you said, uh, I try... Before this, I tend to stay away from like 3D projects because usually... uh, those that I, I minted, I got rug pull myself. Exactly. So I know, right? And then when we look at Freemin, none of the Freemin project is actually doing a 3D project, right? Because people know, actually, 3D project is something that is more expensive. You know, you need to render the layers and stuff. Yeah. So in terms of cost-wise, it's very expensive. But if you are running a project, like I say, for example, PA, right? They are a 3D project, but they are not a rug pull and they are constantly, you know, still building and stuff like that. Then people appreciate it because in the end, we like, or I mean, we like 3D projects if we get to choose. So, yeah, so talking about this, um, I'm also quite keen in terms of, you know, uh, we've seen a lot of like, you know, play to earn, uh, run to earn and stuff like that. But for, for your projects, you are talking about learn to earn. So maybe you can uh, explain a little bit more on this. Of course, of course. So essentially our phase one is learn to earn. Um, we call it a social experiment or constellation 8888 if you really read through our website and light paper and all that. Um, so essentially, as I said, we're, we separate our holders into four different groups with the allowance of voting on one Web3 project per token. Essentially, we will be guiding the community throughout each of the four projects. Each group will decide on the trajectory of the ventures and with our resources, our funding and our mentees, mentors and all that will learn and be a part of every step of the way, dissecting and learning everything about the Web3 ecosystem from project development, smart contracts, IPFS, marketing, community building and everything in between. And at the end of the day, after those four projects, earnings of these projects will be redistributed to the community, which is where the earn part comes. And uh, throughout all four projects, we'll also be on the lookout for the most talented and most engaged individuals within our community. And those individuals will be rewarded further. Now, how will our community earn uh, whatever revenues made from from those four projects? We can't, uh, we spoke to attorneys at the SEC and we can't offer stable because then we would have to register as a security, which takes an awful time an awful lot of time. Um, so we can't uh, give USDC. Uh, we can't really give any uh, stable coin or crypto coin that's 
that has any value behind it or monetary value behind it. So how are we going to go through that? Well, I mean, we're going to be a bit more creative. We're going to purchase NFTs from blue chip projects, stuff that can be sold if one wants to sell. And uh, we're going to release them and airdrop them to our holders. And depending on how engaged an individual was, um, he's either going to get a much more expensive NFT. And if someone was just a part of the journey, but not really engaged, just a holder, then he's not going to get the best NFT that we're going to buy, but he's still getting an NFT regardless. Essentially, yeah. that's one of the ways that we're going to tackle the issue of SEC insecurities and all that. Hey, I think it's really, really a proper, proper talk off because I've seen some of the projects, like for example, there's this thing called uh, I think Bitcoin Miners Club, right? So they they use the fund to purchase uh the miners and then they mine, but because you know you can't directly just distribute like money just like that to your holders, so they can distribute in terms of like coins and stuff like that, whereby you can actually exit, uh, or sell the coin and then gain your profit from there. So I think there's there's a lot of ways to work around. But one thing I, I think is really uh, interesting is that this model that you talk about, I'm looking at like two two things. Like first of all, um, you, are, you are learning because maybe you are being uh, distributed or you are voted to go to project one, right? And then you learn in the process, just say, for example, you take on the role of a community manager. Then you be a community manager for the project. You learn uh, maybe the project uh, the launching was two months, then you learn from that, and then whatever success you get from the projects, you get a earning or a stake from the project, and then you kind of like, you know, run through the whole process of launching the project, being in the space, and getting paid at the end of it. So I, I think this is something, uh, or this is the first time that I see a project doing that, and I think kudos to whoever is the one that uh, actually designed this whole system and thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe I can throw the question to Seika. So in terms of like, for example, the current market right now, what, where do you think um, or what do you think holders actually want or, you know, people buying NFT or looking at projects? What do they really look for in, in the current market? Uh, Seika, you there? Maybe his Wi-Fi is bugging. His Wi-Fi in Singapore is really... Zayed, can you answer that <laughs> Bro, question? bro. He's, he's in Singapore, bro. His Wi-Fi should be good. But we can pass the question to Zayed. He's yeah, been having so... issues with his Wi-Fi. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can re- reiterate the question, that would be great for, for me, please. Oh, sure. So what what I ask is like, you know, currently uh, when we talk about like the local market or in terms of NFT market, what do you think um, new people or people that is actively buying NFT or looking out for projects, what are the first few things that they are looking for? I mean, like you mentioned, right, we were moving from a phase that went directly from a PFP collection to now more utility-based. And what what I'm saying by utility is you're seeing a lot of projects offer access to tools and access to a lot of different, I would say, tech features to help the the regular NFT holder. So that's like to give them an edge in the market. And I think there's a big focus on that, but I would say it's mostly the exclusive groups as well as these tools that are really being uh, catering to the current NFT holders, but uh, there's much potential actually. And again, as we entered this phase of learn and earn, I think that 
there's going to be a lot that we can do because now we're offering, we're not offering you an edge over other NFT holders. We're offering you the initiation into the NFT Web3 world, right? The more, the, the more you get into the Web3 space, the more that you realize that NFTs are much, much more than a PFP project, right? They're, they can they can literally transcend to any different web any any web two business and it can be implemented in any web two business nowadays. So getting understanding that concept and moving beyond that PFT PFP aspect is very important and I think very crucial, especially personally. Yeah, is is like you know when I see few of the projects when they talk about NFT being a utility itself, it's actually really true. Like for example holding the nft it gives you access for example to the community and we all know how, when you know people say oh community is just a buzzword community building is just a buzzword but if you look at like the top five or top 10 projects out there actually what they have the strongest is the community right so it's, it's not really a buzzword because it gives you access to the community and in and whatever that the community is trying to build you get the benefit out from it so i i think one thing that I can I can talk about or I can look at it is that you know holding the you, you holding the NFT is not really just the PFP. It's the IP that comes along with it. It's the benefit of being a holder. It's the uh, the future of what the brand's trying to build, and then you being a part of it. You actually share that vision together with the brand. So it's it's really a powerful thing. And I'm looking at, you know, how these days projects trying to be more creative. For example, we have a successful, um, like a, a project like Steppen, right? It's like run to earn, learn to earn, all this new or where to earn, this kind of uh, new, new concept or new innovative concept that is more interactive with the holders. And I think this is one of the key factors that people are looking for in a project right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But at the same time, uh, we want it to be a sustainable model. So we don't really want to go through, all right, Desert's coin, and then we'll add value to that coin. and We'd have to deal with the liquidity pool and all that stuff. No, we want something extremely sustainable and something just straightforward. You learn, you, you, you're engaged, you get rewarded. That's it. You know, like something really straightforward. Because most of those uh play to earn um games i mean you can earn uh tokens that will allow you to purchase whitelists um stuff like that you know what i mean and uh you you just need a sustainable model that that's that's what we're doing uh, yeah that was the plan from the get-go yeah i i think like you know even like right now you don't really see p2e like play to earn projects anymore because Everybody knows that, you know, the model is not sustainable. You just add li- liquidity pool and then you slowly distribute it. One day, you know, there's no liquid coming in and then the whole system just like like topple, right? But in terms of your one, you know, people put the hard work in, then their hard work translates to the result and the result translates to the payment that they get. Then it really makes sense because it's back to using like the Web2 business model. And the only thing like, you know, Web2 really makes sense or the business sustainable is because of the model that is working for thousands of years already, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And that's why we came with how are we going to reward our holders without like, monetary like an actual liquid asset you know because otherwise it's going to be a security 
Um, the reason why we chose NFTs was because obviously we're all in that space, we all love NFTs, so that's number one. Number two, I mean, by purchasing an NFT through the funds that those four projects made, or multiple NFTs, of course, um, we would be putting liquidity back into the market instead of taking it out. So that's another thing. And we would also be rewarding project founders um, because we're, we would also only be buying blue chip free good NFTs that people would actually want. You know what I mean? So that was the point of it all. Why, yep. how are we going to reward their holders? NFTs, essentially. Totally. So maybe you can end with the last question before we open the floor for the Q&A session. So after Min, what do the holders can expect? Or, you know, um, do, do you expect holders to submit their projects to you and then you, um, you, you guys on the back end choose the four projects and then let people to go in which project that they want? Or you already have like a simple framework of the four projects that you guys want to build? So we're going to propose four excellent projects that we deem fit um, for the community to build themselves. But at the same time, it's the community that's going to be deciding on whether they want to build out those four specific projects uh, or not, because they will also be allowed to submit their own project ideas on that platform that we're building. And uh, essentially, it's just going to be the four projects with the biggest amount of votes that we're going to build. You know what I mean? So yes, we're going to be proposing four projects, but uh, it, it, we might not even build them. Because if a community member has a better idea, then that's what we're going to be building, essentially. Yeah. All right. So guys, um, I know a bunch of you have been listening uh, from the beginning to the end, and you guys are getting tons of value. So this is your moment to you know, ask the founder, or if you guys have any questions, just feel free to... Uh, click the request button you can you know either you want to ask a question or you just want to thank them for creating such a good community you can do so and we have white list to give away so if you ask a good question or a, you know a thoughtful question then we can also reward you with the white list so all you have to do is just click on the request button and then you can ask any questions that you want you can you know ask more about how to become a founder what kind of quality that uh, they are looking for so I, I believe that, you know, you guys here, a lot of you are wrapping the uh, PFP. You guys are also part, you know, part of the community. And this is your moment to ask any questions that you want. So we're just going to give a little time for people to ask any questions. It seems so, like yeah, you explained so, pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I just want to know, like, you know, how long have you guys uh, created the project and doing the marketing? And what is your targeted date that you guys want to launch? So essentially, we started it out uh, fully. Um, like, the first time was around uh, February, when we had the art ready, the devs ready, and all, everything was essentially ready. But then we felt like, all right, um, we're not in a, in a position to just uh, launch yet so then we delayed until April and then in April we started really slowly one post you know that was it and then three weeks later another post you know just a very slow build up on Twitter just a few collabs not really you know what I mean um, and then maybe sometimes sometime a month and a half ago uh, we actually started posting uh, a lot more regularly 
we opened a very, very private Discord, um, limited to around 200 people at first, then 400, then 1,000. And then since then, we've opened the Discord for a couple of days twice on Twitter and then removed the link again. Uh, right now, if you go on our Twitter, you won't be able to find the Discord link, but we'll get it up uh, back up pretty soon. And we did start some marketing. Uh, collabs, stuff like that. But the full-on marketing will, uh, very like harsh marketing will start probably in around two weeks. Ideal mint date uh, is uh, debatable. Uh, we're gonna mint when we feel ready to launch. Um, we're in no rush to mint, but obviously we need to keep the market uh, in mind and ETH 2.0 in mind as well and all that stuff. But uh, we don't want to launch unless we're fully certain that it's the proper time for us to launch. I mean, a lot of mistakes project founders do is uh, just just rush into everything, you know? They, yeah. They just rush into the launch because they really want to get it over with. And, and <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, that ho- that's always happened uh, in, in tons of projects that I joined. Uh, they rush it and then it crumbled and then, you know, they lost the motivation to launch the project and then they just let, leave the project like that, right? Exactly. So, next we have um, somebody has sick requests. So, Kink, um, you can ask your questions to the project founder. Um, you can ask away and if your question is good, you can get a whitelist, bro. Okay, thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Okay, thank you. Well, I already have a whitelist for Deshad. I've, I've been with them for quite some time. I really uh, think they're an amazing team. Patrick, uh, Seika. Oh, Veronique, I can see you too. This is King from the group. Well, uh, I've been listening to the whole speech and uh, I think I kind of like the whole project idea. I won't lie. I've, I've gone through the whole project roadmap, but uh, listening to this uh, speech right here, I think I I think I have a clearer picture of what the roadmap entails. So uh, I want to thank you guys that, okay, the roadmap has a very uh, a future base in mind. But I have a question. Uh, you guys are talking about four projects that you, you want to launch, right? Correct. Yeah, so is it just uh, after the four projects, that's the end, or what's the goal? Uh, could you repeat your question? I had a rough time. Okay, I, I said, uh, uh, you guys, uh, when you were speaking, you said uh, uh, to launch, you guys have four projects to launch, right? Correct. So I was asking, is it uh, because uh, uh, when I went through the whole uh, roadmap of the project, I saw that uh, community will be able to vote over time for more projects to come, but you're mentioning four projects. So is it just going to be four projects or there are more coming? So it's going to depend on the community. Everything we're doing is on a vote system. Uh, essentially, what it's going to be contingent on is after those four projects are over, if our community member wants to reinvest the profits made into different projects, into building out more projects, we can do that. If not, then those four projects will be the end of it, and each one gets their, their earnings, essentially. And apart from that, we're also mentioning something else about post those four projects, what, what's more to come? And that's Project Pegasus, essentially. Uh, we're VC-backed, and we're bridging that VC to you, our holders. So we're going to be releasing a pitch template, a pitch deck template on our social media platform that we're currently 
building the beta is ready we'll be posting it very soon and you'll be able to fill out that pitch deck template if you fill it out and you send it to us and we see we deem your idea as something that is exceptional we're going to set a meeting between you our holder that has that great idea that great pitch and the vc that's backing us and uh, wow. during that meeting we'll get you funding we'll get you mentorship we'll get you Talent, the talent that's required to build out that, whether it's a Web3 project, an NFT project, or even a Web2 venture, if it's uh, disruptive enough. And essentially, wow. we're going to be providing you with everything to turn that idea into a business and then scale it to a unicorn or a Pegasus, as you like to call it. Wow, that, that would be very lovely. I think I, I like the idea. Uh, that is so nice. Okay, one more question. I think that part is clear. Uh, when you were speaking, you also mentioned that, okay, because uh, in the Discord, I noticed that we could select different roles for NFT flippers, for NFT deggans, for developers, for uh, is it, uh, even community managers. So uh, when you were speaking, I noticed you said uh, those of us who select the different roles can actually perform these roles for those new, new projects that are going to launch under uh, desert. So is it that, okay, I, I have experience as a project manager, so uh, if uh, a new project is going to be launched on the desert platform as a holder, I can apply to be a community manager for that project. And is, it, is that it? I love your question. I love your question, and we're going to reward you for that question. I'll speak with the team since you already have a whitelist as to how we're going to reward you. Open a ticket on the Discord later. So yes, um, those two roles we have on Discord, we'll have use for them later on. And essentially, because we're developing four projects and you guys will be running those four projects, our community will be running those four projects. Essentially, wow. we're going to be separating our community into artists, people who want to help the designers with the art, people who want to shadow our devs with the smart contracts and the IPFS hosting website, all that stuff. Um, people who want to be marketers, collab managers, then we're going to have them shadow like RCMs. Uh, community managers, yes, to be able to be a community manager, a mod, whatever you want. And NFT flippers are for basically just um, very rapid investors, if you know what I mean. And uh, that's pretty much it. So yes, we'll be dividing uh, the groups up into different roles. And depending on the role you choose, you'll be able to assist in that specific job position, which is where the leadership positions also come in handy. Wow. Well, I, I love it all. Thank you. Well, uh, this, this gives me the idea that this is just a community-driven project. I really love it. Thank you for the time. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your questions. So I think um, this is it. If there's no more requests, I um, just want to thank uh, Desart, Patrick, you guys uh, for your time. I uh, really love how you share and your, your passion for, for this project. Wish you all the success, brother. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you for that, Yame. It's actually our first film, Yame. So I really appreciate the opportunity as well. So thank you.
Enjoying the podcast? Go to the PewCast Twitter page and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll write a summary that you can read in three to five minutes if you don't have time to tune in. Remember to click the notification button so you don't miss the next episode. All Things Rainbow. All Things Rainbow.